Hey everybody, welcome back to the Big Purple Podcast. My name is Stephen Pritchard and I'll be your host for this episode. I'm now recording this a second time because someone decided to call me in the middle of me recording this podcast that I was almost finished with. So please do not call me at all. (laughs) I am social distancing on everything that I have. But in this episode, I would like to talk about basically my background, what I do for a living, and some things related to my job um, that you guys have probably heard about on the news and stuff. So I'm a travel nurse, uh, contract nurse, if, if some people know it that way. So basically my job is to find places that are in need, which is everywhere, there's always a shortage of nurses. So I travel to different cities, um, go to different hospitals that have a need for nurses. And I work normally for 13 weeks. And then towards the end of my 13 weeks, um, about two months into the three months contract, um, either the hospital reaches out or we reach out to the hospital and say, you know, do you still need us? Um, do we need to go somewhere else? What's the deal type thing? So it's, it's a lot of, of headache, but that's not really the point of this um, podcast. I just kind of want to just emphasize I'm a nurse, and I'm not trying to give medical advice or anything, but the the news is all, it's all over the news um, about the shortage of masks and everything. And we were, um, we're being told by our hospitals that basically you need to conserve your masks, which are, which is crazy to us because the way that we learned in school is anytime you enter a patient's room, you need to change your mask. Um, you don't wear your mask into the hallway. You take it off in the room, um, wash your hands and you walk out. If you forgot to do something, you have to go back in, you have to dress out again, you have to put your mask back on and you have to complete your job, take your mask off, walk back outside. I see people all the time that go into a room two and three times, you know, that are really unnecessary, like back to back. Um, Patients call out all the time. You know, they don't just wait until it's appropriate for you to come in. Uh, Sometimes you can be in there and they call you back like in five minutes. They're like, hey, I need to be turned. I need this. I need that. So you go through quite a few. And when you think about the nurses that go in, you have people that come in to help you turn patients, you have CNAs, you have lab techs, you have x-ray, you have um, different doctors that are being consulted, you have different um, people who are coming in from like uh, dietary sometimes to come in there, you have housekeeping that comes in, uh, something may be messed up in the room, you have janitorial, I mean the maintenance come in, I mean it, the, the list goes on. And I've kind of estimated it sometimes you could go through on, on a kind of the high end, I'd say you could go through about 75 masks per shift of 12 hours. So maybe like 150 masks per day per patient. Now that's not every patient. We don't fully dress out on every single patient, but with these COVID-19 patients, you're going to have to do this every time. Now, the thing of it is, is there's so many of these patients and these masks are being used crazily. I mean, it's like so many people are having to use these masks. 
and they try and they're, we're in a shortage right now. They can't make enough because we're going through so many a day. Um, but you look at the news and they're like, well, all these people have, have bought up all the masks. And that's just not true. People have bought masks, but they're not buying these masks from the, directly from our companies. They're they're buying them, buying all these you know masks that are made for the public, and they're there is a shortage and I'm sure that there are people that are buying directly from the same suppliers that we use and other people have placed enough orders because the demand is so high that now that there's none. But the fact of the matter is we are now being asked to recycle the masks in two different ways. We're being told that we need to reuse masks between patients, which is like a big no, no normally, but because we have no other option, protect ourselves and to possibly protect the patient, we have to do it. So we have people that would have coronavirus. We put our mask on, we go inside. A lot of people just wear their mask the entire 12 hour shift, which was like me. And I can tell you now, those masks hurt. They hurt your ears, they break them down. Cause it's like constantly like tugging at your face because it's so tight and it's just it's unreal like in about six hours you'll feel your ears starting to hurt now imagine doing that six days in a row it's unreal how bad it hurts well we've also been it was mandatory for us to be fitted for n95s so we went to get fitted for our n95s today and they basically told us that when it gets time, we have to use our N95s, that we're essentially going to have to use them until they break or they break down. So it's not, we're not in safe working conditions. It's very bad right now. Uh, we've been told to use bandanas. Now this is by CDC and WHO and you know the media basically, that we need to wear bandanas or scarves or things like that to protect ourselves and that's it's just generally not safe it's not going to do very much for us i guess it's better than nothing but the risks are just high right now um and there's a lot of places they're doing these like mask drives so if you have extra masks you can donate them to the hospital but just realize how fast a box of masks are going to go I mean, especially an entire hospital, you know, a box of a box of masks aren't going to last at all. Uh, we actually, our hospital is collecting masks that have only been used by the staff. They're collecting them, collecting them in a garbage bag, and then they're sending them back to the company for the company to re-sterilize them and send them back because apparently. It's easier for them to re-sterilize the masks, send them back, than it is to produce brand new ones again. So, I I want to say if this, depending on how long this lasts, they may end up having to make like a makeshift factory or something to produce more for the time being. But then again, who wants to do that? But it's just crazy right now. You'd never thought in a million years this would be happening, especially with that. I mean, it's just, it's just so unsafe. But 
we actually had a, a little scare last night. I worked the night shift, and we had one of our nurses. She started contacting the doctor, and she was like, well, back, let me back up a little. We had a patient. He's at the very end of the unit, way away from everybody, so not a lot of people have had contact with the guy. So they have um, his this guy's wife. He's been in the hospital two days already. So this guy's wife calls and says, hey, I think you ought to know that uh, my husband has been in contact with um, somebody who has coronavirus. Says my daughter works in a nursing home and she has coronavirus and they have been around each other. I don't know if he has it or not, but I think it'd be good for you to know about. And, you know, we were first we were pissed off because we were like, well, he's been here two fucking days. So now he's here for two days and you haven't told us. So now potentially you just destroyed hospital staff because of that. Um, which I, I fully, fully support the idea of suing them if that happens. Um, and to anybody, anybody who hides the fact that they've been exposed or anybody that like willingly gives someone coronavirus, that's you should be sued. You should go to jail. Like it should be, it should be to the fullest extent of the law. You should be punished. I believe just because we have no resources to treat these things right now. And doing these type of things is only going to make it worse when the country's in a panic. But anyway, so the charge nurse, which she's very bad charge nurse. She doesn't do anything. She doesn't take patients. She doesn't, she doesn't like the help at all. She likes to just answer the phone, which is nice, but we would really like you to help. So the lady tells the Southern nurse that the other nurse relates to the charge nurse and the charge nurse is like, well, I don't think he has it. And I'm like, how are you just going to make that decision? You haven't done anything. Like you're just sitting here. You, you haven't seen the patient. You haven't like checked any blood work. You haven't done anything. You're just like, I don't think he has it. And that's dangerous. Like, if you, if you are a potential risk, then you need to be checked. So, so the guy ends up getting a fever out of nowhere. Gets a fever. It's not coughing. Or they may have said he was coughing a little bit, but people cough. It's not a big deal. So, the nurse had been in there a few times. CNA had been in there. Another nurse had been in there the previous night. And then I think the, the nurse that had him last night had him for another couple nights. So, or another previous couple nights. So, they've basically limited it down to, you know, a few people. However, you've got to worry about all the people that they've come in contact with as well. So, they ended up moving this guy out, which was crazy. Like, it was, it become very real, very fast. Like, for people to, like, joke about it, people to, you know, say all this stuff, you know, just, you know, denying it, the charge nurse, like, oh, he doesn't have it, type thing. They, the, the PA came up and said, well, he's got a fever of unknown origin. That's always bad. It just spiked out of nowhere. Why does he have a fever? Why has he had a fever for the past 12 hours and no one's done anything? 
He's like, well, I've given him Tylenol. He's like, yeah, but where is his fever coming from? Is he hot in the room? Is, is he Has he been running around? Is it, well, I mean, what has been going on? He's like, no, he's just been laying there. The room's not hot. They're like, oh, something's wrong. So they're like, well, we need to move him to an isolation room, which we don't have on our unit. So they say, we're going to move him to an isolation room. Uh, there's a certain protocol we have to use. So they put a blanket over the top of the patient, and they, two nurses came to transport him uh, wearing gloves, uh, wearing uh, a disposable gown, and wearing um, a papper. Now, this is my first time seeing a papper. P-A-P-R is what it is. I can't tell you what it stands for. Um, but essentially what it is, it's like a helmet with a see-through uh, visor, and it sucks. It basically fits snugly to your neck to where it's like airtight. And then there's a motor inside the helmet that basically pumps filtered air into it. So you can kind of go around in different places that, you know, may expose you to stuff and you'll be able to probably for a short period of time, you'll be able to be in there with it. So the, uh, the patient's wheeled out by these two ladies and they have to check him. So now it's going to take, they said 24 hours. So to like by tomorrow, we should know if he has it. But the problem you run into is all of these people that have been in there, all of these people that have had contact with this patient, and if it's as contagious as they're saying, you go, just think about as a nurse, you have six patients. You go into that room, you've potentially infected five other patients. You go help another nurse. You go sit by another nurse. You touch that nurse you may have infected that nurse. So that nurse goes and touches their six patients. I mean, it could be the entire unit. And then you have a lab, you have respiratory. That's, you've potentially infected the entire hospital. If every person tests positive for the coronavirus, the hospital would shut down. Or realistically, you would still have to work. They would not let you off work because if they closed the hospital, you were screwed. So it could turn bad really, really fast. So if you know anybody that has been exposed to the coronavirus, thinks to have a coronavirus, you need to let them know right away. Do not wait a couple days until they're in there. Now, we're all thinking the guy is negative. We don't, we're not worried about it too much. But the problem is, there's a lot of us people that work there that have young kids. We don't want to bring this to our families. I'm now, I'm driving home, we've got a seven hour trip, and I have to go home and hope that I don't have it. I've been away for two weeks, and I have to hope that I don't have it, that way I don't give it to my family. And it's just a scary time right now. So, you know, just a word of advice. If you get it, please don't try to call as many times. If you're in the hospital, 
try to call as few times as possible because what's going to end up happening is they're going to limit your requests. And if you're calling every 10 minutes, 15 minutes for something to drink or something to eat or whatever, they're not going to let you just get stuff every 15 minutes. People aren't going to come in that often. They're going to group everything together. They may call you before they come into the room and say, what do you need me to bring you? And when you get in there and you say, oh, I needed this. We're like, oh, it's too bad. You got to wait two hours. Because that's what it's going to come to. We're not going to be able to function normally in nursing. And at the same time, there's not going to be against medical advice leaving. I don't feel. I feel like if your hospital is full with this patients and you have coronavirus, you're not just going to be able to walk out. You're going to have to wait until the doctor clears you because of the potential risk of you infecting the community. What really scared me is my wife texted me. Um, or maybe she called me sometime last week. And she said that there was a guy in the city I live in. And she said, the guy posted on Facebook, he tested positive for coronavirus. And that when he tested positive, uh, he said he's still got to eat. So he's going to all the Walmarts. He's going to um, a restaurant to eat or something like that. Like he's, he's going out and about. And he actually got arrested for that. And I think that's that's good. I mean, if, if you know you have it, it's as bad as you having herpes and sleeping with somebody. You, you need to be treated as such. You need to do jail time. Because, right, like, this is a serious thing. People are dying. And there's so many people, it's like, oh, well, only the elderly and immunocompromised, they'll die. There's still people dying. You could be the cause of somebody dying. And take it from somebody who has to deal with people dying, not necessarily on a daily basis, but weekly, monthly, there's always somebody at the hospital that's dying and you have to help with them. It's not a good thing. And somebody that could potentially live for two or three more years and you just shorten their life because you wouldn't want to stay home or you didn't wash your hands. That's, that's ridiculous. You've hurt so many people by doing that. Just stay home. Wash your hands. Self-quarantine. It's not that hard. Just make this, this make this virus manageable. We'll get it treated, and we'll go on our way. So that's my little rant. Um, might have a few ads in here. Who knows? Uh, I've been enjoying doing these podcasts. I think this podcast, I'm going to try something different, and I'm going to name it instead of putting it uh, episode seven or whatever it is. I'm going to try naming it to see if we get a little bit more views. I do appreciate my two viewers that watch every week. Um, I don't know how long you watch, but I appreciate any viewers that we get. I usually get about two views a podcast. I don't do it for the money. I just do it because I enjoy it. So hope everybody stays safe. Um, hope everybody stays well, healthy. And, uh, may make another episode on this trip. Who knows? I might get bored. So we'll see you guys in the next one. Stephen Pritchard. We're signing out.